The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. Actually, we're not live. We're live here, but it's pre-recorded for you guys uh, as we'll be playing it on Tuesday morning. I'm the editor at SonsofLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here today, and if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsofLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and we'll be going in the second video down at that time. You'll you'll see that it's live there. And uh, click onto that. You can enlarge it, and you can also click on the platform and join us in the chat. We've got lots of friends there uh, this morning. Also, if, while you're there, if you would... Bradley's show is here, and right above that, and it is from the previous day, 
and it will go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. So check that out at sonslibertymedia.com at that time. And then right above that is where you can enter your email address. We don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. And you get one email from us a day that includes the morning show archive, all of the links that we'll talk about, the video um, and documentation that we talk about today. All of that will be contained in the archive, and that'll be available later on after the show. Usually it's up, oh, I don't know, an hour or two after the show. And you can catch that under the same title that you're seeing in the video description if you're watching by social media or Just head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. It'll be over in the middle section here somewhere. (laughs) So check that out at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Finally, if you would like to donate and help us out, uh, we we never ask you for money, but we do let you know we have needs, and we tell you how you can help meet those needs if you have the ability and the desire to help us. And so there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us uh, monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty, and that link is also at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And finally, there's our store. Lots of products in there, good conversation starters, equipping tools to help you out. And this week, we're highlighting Bradley's book, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do. And if you, this week only, through Saturday midnight, um, that's going to be, what is that going to be? That's going to be the 24th, all right, July the 24th, at midnight, this offer goes off. So it's $11 normally. You use the promo code GRASS, G-R-A-S-S, at checkout when you get this book, and you get 20% off the book. So if you've been wanting to get this book, if you want to read the book that Bradley's uh, written here, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do, now is your chance to do it, 20% off. Use the promo code GRASS at checkout and you'll be good to go there. Now, we've had on the show before uh, Catherine Henry. She's a constitutional attorney. And one of the things that has come up is she recently had, she was trying to do something that was constitutional. She appealed to the law, and sheriffs came and put her under arrest uh, and, and was trying to usurp the law. Uh, boy, we're, you're going to see the brown shirts, literally. They, they do have brown shirts on. Uh, you're going to see them in action here and doing what they're doing. And so uh, with that said, let me give a brief introduction here. Catherine Henry, is uh, rest- she, her website is RestoreFreedomKH.com. Uh, for years, Catherine was a general practice attorney doing everything from divorce and criminal law to basic estate planning and everything in between. Catherine is also trained and experienced in general civil mediation, domestic relations mediation, restorative justice, agriculture and rural development mediation, special education mediation, i.e. facilitation um, civil rights mediation, bankruptcy mediation. There's a lot of stuff you're doing here, Catherine. Uh, adult guardianship mediation and child protection mediation. She's worked in the legal field for 20 years and is a license and is licensed to practice law in the state of Michigan. Uh, Siganaw Chippewa Tribal. I hope I said that right. Tribal Court, Eastern District of M- Michigan Federal Court, Western District of Michigan Federal Court, and the United States Supreme Court. Catherine's undergraduate background included studies in statistical analysis, political science, and public administration, and anything else we're going to let Catherine tell us about. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Catherine Henry. Good morning. Good morning. Thank yeah, you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. We've had a little bit. Of, you've you've had a troublesome 
a couple of days and everything. You've been traveling a lot and doing some things, and we appreciate you making time for us. But we wanted to give you the platform because something very important is happening tomorrow, which will be Wednesday when we play, when we air this. Um, and I wanted to give you time. Do you want to fill people in on it? And then as you go along, it, we'll, we'll play some of the video of the arrest and what took place and let you let you let the people know what's going on. So what what happened to you and what's going to be going on tomorrow? Oh, man. So I actually wrote a constitutional amendment petition back uh, last summer, last May. And uh, pretty soon I had thousands of volunteers all across the state collecting signatures to get the initiative on the ballot. Um, We knew Election Day was going to be a big one for us uh, because it's the highest concentration of registered voters all in one place. So we had uh, volunteers at hundreds, if not thousands, of precincts all over the state. And as the lead attorney, I was prepared to be able to answer questions and deal with some issues and help sort out some legalities for people. And sure enough, uh, I want to say it was somewhere right around lunchtime, I received a call from one of our volunteers who was being threatened with being arrested if she didn't leave keeping in mind that she was not only at just any polling precinct, she was sitting at the far edge corner of a parking lot for a township in the middle of nowhere. And um, she was being told by the clerk and then eventually the sheriff's deputies that if she didn't leave, she would be arrested. So I eventually was on the phone with him and tried to talk to him about what the law said and, um, the Constitution, and you name it, uh, we really seem to be at an impasse. So it got to a point, and I'm, I'm hard of hearing, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's saying things I'm just not hearing correctly. So I said to him, listen, I'll just bring the law. I'll, I'll get them all in one place, put them all in one document, print it off. I will bring it to uh, the precinct where you guys are, And we could discuss it in person. That way we could try to minimize any miscommunication issues and go from there. So uh, that's, he said, okay, I'll be here waiting for you. Well, there ended up being three sheriff's deputies that came out and um, none of them were interested in actually talking about the law. In fact, they said, well, that's what you can sort out in your dang court. Their job as law enforcement officials was not to understand what the law was. So, um, yep, the video shows he's just saying, you know, you got to leave. The property owner told you to leave. And I'm standing there saying, you don't have the right to tell me or to tell them they have to leave. I came here to talk about the law. And uh, as the other deputies showed up uh, shortly here, he's they're asking, you know, well, will you just leave? And they claim that I see there I'm pointing to um, there's a document that I had drafted, which is the, the summary. And then there's also um, there's a resolution that the township clerk had that she claimed allowed her to essentially kick us off the property. Well, the resolution didn't actually allow that at all. And besides which, you can't regulate the people by resolution. You regulate people um, by, by laws. And the local version of a statute is an ordinance, not a resolution. A resolution is like a 
feel good type of thing. In fact, we have a local state rep here, uh, Steve Johnson here in Michigan, who actually, I think it's his district, actually, now that I think about it, he constantly votes no on every resolution because the resolutions are, you know, we're going to name this highway this after this person, or we're going to make it national Doritos day or, you know, state Doritos day or whatever. It's not about actually the business of doing government. And so he said, that's not, you know, that's not the, the role of government is not to do all those extra things. It's not uh, what the constitution is set up and designed to have us do as legislators. So he votes no on all of them, even if, you know, he likes the thought of what they're doing. A resolution is just not the place for that. They're there to be lawmakers and lawmakers pass laws at the state level by statute and at the county level or the township level by an ordinance. So it's very important to keep that in mind because there is no ordinance. There is no lawfully constitutionally passed regulation that this local municipality put into place saying that anybody had to leave that property. Um, but that's just one of the, the many things there. So um, I don't know if you wanted me to talk about what happened as the other deputies came on or if you wanted me to wait till you answered, um, asked some other questions, but. Yeah, that, that, that's good to go through that. I, I'm just kind of letting the video play as you're talking, but I'm, I'm kind of keeping it off here to kind of get to that point. And I, I watched the video and I mean, it's like, boy, I guess they thought you guys were a gang of hoodlums that were going to attack them or something. He had to have three, had to have two other deputies come in. In fact, I believe this is the second one arriving. And then there's a third one who comes after him. So these guys are all in there. It, I mean, you know, I, there's there's a couple of things you don't ask the ladies. You don't ask them how much they weigh and and uh, and how old they are. But yours, you you don't look like you're a heavy woman at all. And they've got these three bullies that come out, these brown shirts, and they don't. The the interesting thing is, and I can turn up the sound, but I've intentionally left that down so that you can talk. But the thing is, is you point them to the law. You point them to this this uh, an ordinance, a resolution. Is that what you said? Yep. And you're pointing it to you're pointing to them and you're reading it to them. And the lady comes and she'll come out in a little bit. We'll show her. Uh, she comes out and says, well, no, no, no. I We're not talking about you being here. We're talking about your car being here or something like that is what she's trying to play. And she's trying to say that. But you said, but wait a minute. Nothing in this says that I can't be here. And they were trying to get you to take your person off of the property, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. In fact, that's what they, by the way, I'm pointing at the door of the precinct way across the parking lot. That's how far away we were. And if you notice, the only uh, way that ingress and egress is being prohibited or blocked for voters is by, by the, the cops. Vehicles. Yep. Um, my vehicle is actually right next to me, um, or depending on where I'm standing, uh, right behind me. And um, the other, the volunteer who originally called me, I had just parked right next to her. So her vehicle's pack, uh, parked back onto the grass as well. So we weren't even taking up parking spaces. Not that any of them were all filled at the same time anyway. Um, but uh, now, Catherine, yeah. can you can you point out because you kept making reference? I'm going to try it for the viewing audience. I'm going to try to show. But you guys are, are can do what you do lawfully as long as you're. Away, as long as you're more than 100 feet 
from the precinct. And I think you said somewhere around in there, about middle of where, where the curb here is to the building, is the 100-foot mark. Is that correct? Yeah. So for those who are not seeing it visually, 229 feet away is how far away we were. So you have to be 100 feet away. We were 229 feet from the door. Okay. So you were well within the law. And then you've got these bullies who come up who don't want to hear the law. And they're just yeah. wanting to side with the, the, the person over the precinct here. And they're saying, we don't care what the law says. And they go to arrest you eventually. But it's like you're trying to simply say you're not pulling the law. Now, i got to tell you. I got a real problem when the cops are able to basically kidnap you. I mean, I think this is what this is. They know you're reading them the law, you're giving them the law, and they say, we're going to arrest you anyway. Well, the obvious question, and they say, well, you have to prove it in court. Well, why don't they have to prove their thing before they go and kidnap you? That's This is, this is the problem, the real problem I have, and I'm going to tell you, this is why I think the men... Boy, they, they need to be out there taking a stand. When this kind of stuff happens, they, they say, no, 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 you're not going to do this and, no. and take a stand. I, I Some people may think that's acting violently. No, I think it's acting justly. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, because with all of this, number one, that main deputy, he knew I was coming there just to talk to him about the law. That's the sole purpose why I drove myself all the way down to Allegan County. And yet he didn't want to hear one word about the law. And these other deputies didn't want to talk about the law. They wouldn't have a back and forth dialogue at all. In fact, uh, when they brought out this township clerk, she's the one who made the complaint. You can see all three deputies. You can see me standing there with the gray shirt on. Um, she's over there. And the, the volunteer who they're talking to right now in the video. So they walk up and, and they said, yep. So, you know, you guys had spoken earlier. And so the volunteer starts to say, well, I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, about this is, this is what your resolution says. And the deputy cuts her off and says, no, you're going to listen to the clerk. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So the clerk starts yapping her gums. And, I, and she says that it's about my car. And I said, look, but paragraph four right here of your own resolution says that nothing in this resolution can be deemed to prohibit us from being there as long as we're at least 100 feet away from the door. And she's like, Oh, well, I'm not talking about paragraph four. I'm talking about paragraph three. I'm like, are you serious? You can't just cut off the last paragraph and say that it's not relevant. Yeah, You can't take it out of context. Yeah. I was like, paragraph four says, no matter what you're doing above, none of those things can be taken to, or done or used to, um, you know, stop someone from doing exactly what it is that we're doing because we're more than 100 feet away. Catherine, let so, me, before you go on, let me just back this up and turn the sound on so people will know exactly what you were doing uh, with this lady and how you were handling it. Hang on just a second. Yes, something to say. Okay. okay. Um, I explained to you that we have this resolution that says not allow. No, it says you do. I, I, I'm just asking you guys to read it. Nothing in this resolution shall be construed to interfere with MCL 168.931K, which allows, guys, it allows a person to disseminate campaign literature on election day when a person is beyond 100 feet from an entrance. We're not contesting MCL 168. No, it's saying we have a right. It says this resolution says we have a right to be here. We're allowed to be here as long as we're... 
beyond the 100 feet. That's what it says. That part has nothing to do with this part. What are you, what part? You may not leave a vehicle on township property beyond the time necessary to transact township business. But it says right here that nothing in this that is meant to... But that does not say anything about okay. leaving a vehicle on township property beyond township business hours. So you were asked to leave, okay, do you understand that? So you were asked to leave, are you willing to leave, yes or no? And and these so these all of you brown um, shirts see, this is deputy aren't paying attention Bustle? to any Am of I saying that correct? They're just going to side with the lady in red. Good Anderson. color for her, by the way. Deputy Bustle, Deputy Anderson, and Deputy Deputy Langloy are telling me that they're going to arrest me. Can I hold on? Hold on a second. I know you just came, and I'm I am I'm trying to be calm, but as you can tell, I'm a little. Just give me, just sir. I'm just let me finish the sentence. Can I can I ask you five minutes? Can I ask you for five minutes to talk about what the law actually says? You've already talked to the supervisor. They've asked you. She has no right to stop me from being here. Are you willing to leave? Yes or no? See, these guys don't want to hear the law, Catherine. What went on after this? Um, well, it's not too long afterwards that they are saying, you know, you'll, you'll have your day in court. And they decide that the three grown men needed to manhandle me and drag me away into the cruiser. I'm at that point, I'm screaming, I have my child, my child's in the car, at least let me give somebody my keys. My car, you could see is right in the back there where that person's leaning on it. Um, so my daughter, my six, she was six years old at the time. See, they just, they went immediately. I'm like, at least let me put my phone down. They're like, they wouldn't let me put my phone down. One of them's like peeling it out of my hands. I'm like, I just don't want to drop my phone. Could you just let me set it down? There's a table right there. Then there's, they're still trying to handcuff me. And I'm saying, but my daughter, my daughter is in the car. Yep. They didn't believe me. So my six-year-old child is sitting in my car. She was doing schoolwork and eating snacks. And she saw, I backed in so she could see where I was the whole time I'm standing there. And she's seeing them manhandle her mom. And as she said, put mommy in chains and drag her away. (laughs) Yeah, these are, now this is Allegan County in Michigan, right? Yep. And here are the, just let me say it outright. Here are the cowards, the ignorant cowards, the bullies, the thugs, the brown shirts who are doing this, folks. And Catherine, your car is completely off the road. It isn't even a parking spot. It's in the grass. Uh, it looks right. like, right? So you're you're not impeding any of this stuff. There's no violation of law. And the obvious question that I know some people must have is, why are they picking on you about this? And I think that because, I think probably it's because of the work that you've been doing to expose uh, the criminal in the governor's house, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. And I think there's a lot of people who... She's just targeted onto you and several other people in Michigan because they're not willing to bow the knee to her to her tyranny. Yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility because I was one of the attorneys that argued in the Michigan Supreme Court against the governor's executive orders last year. Um, And this incident was Election Day right after that. Um, I did want to point out that. what when you turned off the sound from that point on you hear me yelling that my daughter's in the car my daughter's in the car and then the the person who was wearing all black the woman 
she was the one that actually called me. And um, so they, she was the one that they were going to arrest. Well, I was not going to let them manhandle her. Um, so now so, let, ex- explain this before you do that. They've let you out of the car after they handcuffed you, put you in there. You were screaming about your daughter in the car. Now they've let you out. You've got a piece of paper in your hand. Is, has this taken, this has gone on several minutes and it's kind of a cut to that. And is this some oh, kind of a ticket that yeah, they've given not, you? Yeah, this is not um, in real time. There was a huge chunk of time that was missing in between there. How much time? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. I want to say maybe 45 minutes. Okay. Um, but they kept me in the back of the SUV. It was hot. The deputy had it on full blast. I have asthma. I was already having a, you know, a hard time breathing. I was emotional because they didn't believe me that my daughter was in the car and she needed somebody to, I mean, I wanted to get my key out of my pocket so I could give it to somebody to care for her. Um, and anyway, they had the car, they wouldn't even crack the window. I was screaming, please just open the door, crack the window, something I can't breathe. And they refused to do that. Um, then when they finally opened the door, they're telling me that they verified my daughter was in the car and they told me that I was irresponsible for bringing her there. And I'm like, are you serious? I homeschool. She goes everywhere I go. I did not come there to do anything other than to have the conversation that we talked about having in person. And they said repeatedly, they were just going to take my daughter to CPS. CPS would come and take her away and I wouldn't see her. They wouldn't let me call my husband. Uh, They said my husband, that's the other volunteer's vehicle right there. Um, So they said my, I couldn't call my husband to see if he was almost there. So he could come take my vehicle that he could come take my daughter Um, They said they were going to tow my vehicle and it would be, you know, at the impound. I wasn't going to be allowed to vote that day. I, you know, my daughter was going to be in the um, child protection system. And I, I can't even explain what I felt because I am someone in the list of of experiences and, and whatnot that you listed earlier. I have worked as a professional in multiple different roles in the child abuse and neglect system in two different states. I've served as an attorney for parents. I've served as an attorney for children. I've served as a guardian ad litem for children. I've served as a, as a child protection mediator. I've come in um, as a special education mediator where you know there's a lot of children who are in the abuse and neglect system who end up needing special ed services. So I've, just, I've been involved in a variety of aspects and I've seen the system and I knew, I, I know how bad the system is broken, but I also know uh, that everything that happened to me up until that point was not legal and it wasn't constitutional. And so I feared for my life and I feared for my daughter's life. So now, Catherine, who is the gentleman here? Is this, is this Sheriff Dar here? No, that's a, a friend of ours, okay. um, a, friend, a friend of mine and a friend of Dar's. Um, okay. His name is Rod. All right. Um, I was actually on the phone with Sheriff Darley, a neighboring county in Barry County, when this all began. And I ended up having to hang up with him. My husband had just arrived. So that's him. Um, He had immediately gone to the car and around the car to check on my daughter, who was still in the back seat. Um, But something I just want to point out, though, that um, these deputies were threatening to arrest anyone that was um, trying to take care of my daughter. So some people had shown up just knowing that I had my daughter with me. 
They showed up just to be able to at least take care of her, a little six-year-old defenseless girl or her mommy's being dragged away illegally. They wanted to at least make sure that she was safe and she was cared for. And they said, if they um, tried to exercise any kind of control over my vehicle or over my daughter, that they would be arrested. And they, and they're like arrested for what? What do you, but they were, that's, that's their whole attitude. So even after they released me, they told everyone, you all have to leave the property or you're all getting arrested and thrown in jail. Now, Catherine, for the audience real quick, can you give uh, the names of these little brown shirts again? Yes, Deputy uh, Anderson, Deputy Bustle, and Deputy Langloy. Langloy was the first to respond. Okay. Deputy Bustle is the younger looking, if, if it ever gets zoomed in. I believe he's a newer one. And Deputy Anderson um, is the one who uh, essentially was towards the end, more more of the, the person uh, confronting or being confrontational with me. Uh, uh, Mary Lou, um, shoot, I forgot her last name now. Newenhouse, I want to say. She was the clerk wearing red. She's no longer the okay. clerk. She ended up hiring. But yeah, so that's, that's what happened on election day. And um, then the... Oh, it, there's so many pieces to this. Let me just tell you that the amount of laws, court rules, um, you know, constitutional provisions, U.S. Constitution and state constitution that have all been broken, disregarded, tossed aside is so voluminous that it fills up thousands of pages in appeals briefs at this point. Um, everything from, you know, the deputy filling it out that it was a... Um, uh, that it was a civil infraction is what he served me with to, you know, he waits until the last day of me responding to a civil infraction to go down and he modified the carbon copy ticket so that it now is a crime that he's charging me with a misdemeanor. And uh, then the arraignment judge and the trial judge, I mean, none of them have cared that the ticket was illegally modified I mean, it's a carbon copy for crying out loud. Let's use some common sense. It's a carbon copy to give the defendant an exact replica of what they're charged with. And he modified it significantly. Okay. Um, Can I interrupt and ask a question? Because I am just learning about something here with regard to traffic law. And it sounds like the question I'm posing to attorneys, neither of which would answer my question of what law protects an officer who will write down a certain speed that somebody's going on a ticket. But if you want to challenge that ticket in court, he can go back and he can say, well, I'm going to charge you with whatever I'm a, I'm, I, I caught you doing. In other words, I'm going to write a 64 and a 55, but if you're going to challenge it, well, I'm going to charge you for 70 and a 55. And to me, those are documents he has to submit to get a court date. So he's saying to the judge, the magistrate, I need a court date. Here's a, here's what I'm charging this guy with. And then if the guy doesn't want to, you know, get extorted and he wants to take it to court, then the guy can change it. And I'm thinking that sounds a lot like perjury. And the lawyers tell me that that is a, what that is, is it's a legal fiction. Now, fiction is something that's not true. But it's to help things go smoother. Well, we're not interested in going smoother. We're interested in holding law. That sounds to me like what you're talking about this guy did. He altered what he was charging you with, making it from civil to criminal. I'm assuming he has to write some other things in there as well. 
What, yep. it, it, would they would they appeal to some kind of a legal fiction case law, but not the law? Is that what they're doing here? See, the thing is, they've never, in all the judges and prosecuting attorneys that have been involved in the case, not a single one has come up with a defense other than the trial court judge said, well, the prosecuting attorney can amend the charge at any time. Funny thing is, this was amended by the deputy without any knowledge at the time from the prosecutor's office, and the prosecutor didn't amend the charge. And you you can't serve someone with a civil case and then run it as though it's a criminal prosecution. I mean, the basics of due process are at work there. And for any attorney that would tell you that it's just, it's okay, because that's just the way that it's done. It's just a legal fiction and they move forward. Um, those are the attorneys that are part of the problem. Amen. Because my brief that I wrote, my very first brief, let alone several of them afterwards, go into the, I don't know, seven different laws that this uh, deputy violated by modifying the ticket. And some of those are felonies. So he's allowed to commit a felony and it's just okay because that's just how they do things. I don't think so. So that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what led up to um, some things. Like I said, I, I filed a motion to dismiss uh, the judge. I'll just tell you the best part, probably of that whole hearing. By the way, I was denied my ADA accommodations for my hearing disability. Now, Catherine, when when was that when was that first hearing that you had where all this went on? Well, I had a hearing in uh, on January 11th. That was my initial arraignment. They wouldn't give me a hearing before that. Keep in mind, this is a November 3rd case. Uh, I was not. I was denied a hearing until November, or excuse me, January 11th. And in November, I had already been asking to have my motion to dismiss heard. The judge would not allow me to have a hearing until February 4th. So I wasn't even allowed to have my motion hearing heard on the same day as the arraignment. Are they being thugs? It's okay. Is there there so much thuggery by these guys that they have to put you off, what, four months here before you get a hearing? That's not, that seems like that's unconstitutional for a speedy trial, right? Uh, There's definitely a state and federal constitutional issue for a right to a speedy trial. Absolutely. Not to mention that our, our whole state system, our criminal justice system is set up and designed so that anytime you have a motion to um, a motion to dismiss. In fact, there are limits that if you don't file certain things right away, you waive your right to to argue certain things. So I had a duty to submit those um, arguments right away. And the judge had zero authority to hold me off and say that I was not allowed to have the hearing. But that was just the start. Then you get to the February 4th hearing. I walk in, the judge denies me the assistance of counsel. I had backup counsel with me, uh, depending on how things went, because I wasn't sure if this judge was gonna wear a mask because the first judge had not been. And I'm hard of hearing and I read lips. So I had I brought an attorney up to speed to assist me in real time. He, he was ordered to leave the courtroom. We have a state law that says, I think it's MCL 600.1420 for people who like to double check. Uh, they uh, That law says that all of our hearings are open to the public, but for three small exceptions that have nothing to do with this case. And uh, yet the judge did not allow any single person in from the public, did not allow my spouse did not allow even the attorney, allowed me zero ADA accommodations. 
essentially shut me off from every single aspect of due process humanly possible, and then concluded the hearing by saying not that I was legally wrong, but that I was not even allowed to raise any legal arguments in my defense prior to the trial. The only due process that I or any defendant would be allowed is to have a trial by jury, period. Now you fast forward, I've uh, since filed motions to get my discovery. Court rule requires that. Due process requires me to get the evidence. Um, it was dragging of the feet in two different hearings, and there finally was a court order for at least some discovery. Prosecutor's office has not complied with that order, and uh, yet judge has done nothing about it. Then he tried telling me this last Friday that I was not allowed to get some of the information. There's no rule cited. There's no statute. They just make it up as they go along. But they want. Then he also said that I wasn't allowed to argue any of my defenses at trial. And the prosecuting attorney all of a sudden is singing a different tune. Oh, well, the, um, you know, it's the judge's job to determine the issues of law. It's the jury's job to determine the issues of fact. So, judge, we need you to, to determine a few of these things these few days before trial. She just says all this with no notice to me, uh, just on the record. And uh, I'm like, you know, funny thing is, I argued the same thing back in February, five and a half months before, filed it in January, so six months prior. And yet I was told by both the prosecuting attorney and the judge that those legal issues don't get resolved by a judge beforehand. So here we are. It is, um, you know, this trial is this week. It's Wednesday in Allegan County. It's, I believe it's set for eight or it's either eight or 9 a.m. In fact, the prosecuting attorney, somebody, um, I, I don't know for sure who did the, the Facebook event, but somebody, uh, one of my friends or something made a Facebook event to get people to come and to support me in the courtroom as well as to be outside of the courtroom if the courtroom got too full. And the prosecutor brought up that Facebook event, blamed it all on me or, you know, gave me all the credit, however you want to say it, and said that I was trying to get people there to protest and wear T-shirts and intimidate the jury and was literally trying to shut down people from having the voice of even just showing up silently in support of me. Let, let me ask it. Let me ask a question about that. So are you... It sounds like they don't want anything from you that would question their narrative. Are they allowing you to put this video in there and show what these guys actually did and what you what you were trying to do there? They're probably going to try to fight me on everything. So far, we've submitted the jury instructions, and the the prosecuting attorney is trying to, uh, of course, sugarcoat and cut things out. Um, literally, the judge told me that. My, I am not allowed pretty much any defense. I'm not allowed to raise the fact that there is a state law that says that public officials, which includes attorneys in the state of Michigan, we are part of a public body. The state bar of Michigan is a public body. So even though we are court officers and uh, members of this public body and public officials, the state law that says public officials, when serving in that capacity, cannot be arrested except for treason and you know violent breach of the peace. Um, I'm here arrested for supposedly trespassing. I said, you know, this is one of my defenses. And the judge said, no, you don't get to argue that. That, um, that is just, that's, 
I got to tell you, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's not unbelievable with things the way it is today, but it's unbelievable that you are there to defend yourself, but you can't defend yourself by using the law and using it against those who are the criminals against you, namely these sheriffs, this uh, this lady who's retired, and now the judge. Do you want to call the judge's name? Who's the judge that, that's telling you you can't defend yourself with the law? Oh, well, so far we've had... Um, I don't think I'd pronounce the name of the arraignment judge very well. He's been involved in that as well. Judge Belarjan is the trial court judge. Uh, judge Baker is the circuit court judge that um, basically affirmed what the district court judge is doing. Um, and uh, this, the court of appeals didn't say I was wrong, but so far the court of appeals has just said, yeah, it just doesn't look important enough for us to get involved just yet in a one sentence order. Which, by the way, the prosecution has no problem in recharacterizing that one sentence into saying that the Court of Appeals made all sorts of rulings that I was incorrect and that none of my legal assertions were accurate, which did not happen in that one sentence. So, and most of these documents are on my website. Um, Eventually, they will all be there, but it's been a little bit of a whirlwind uh, these last several months. So, um, basically the thing is here, if they're willing to do this to me, a licensed attorney who darn well knows the court rules, knows the law, knows how to research the cases, knows the constitutional provisions. If they're willing to do this to me, what are they willing to do to you? What are they willing to do to the average Joe? What are they willing to do to the people that I've represented as a public defender before in, in a couple different States, the people that would act like a big tough guy. And then uh, try to sneak off to one, you know, side of the of the jail cell and say, hey, you know, I actually don't even know how to read. So I don't know what the court is charging me with. I don't know what's going on today. Things like that. I mean, the people that are getting dragged through this sham of a judicial process, it's disgusting. And we all need to stand up and do something together about it. I think it would show the court who's really paying attention if we had thousands of people show up to this trial on Wednesday to show support for not only me, but for the constitution and the rule of law. Yeah. Well, the people are going to lose their liberties if they don't have it. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm making mention of the, um, uh, of the traffic issue my son had, and I'm hearing arguments that are very much the same as what these guys did. I was told, when I when I asked what the law was, and I'm t- I'm I'm given back by the attorneys, you know, this issue of legal fiction nonsense. I, I just kind of looked at it like, well, wait a minute. I thought court is about the law, and if I'm being charged with a crime, or even civilly, there has to be something within that 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 I can be held accountable to. Then you can't come along with a fiction and just to make things smooth, and so you can get over one over on me. And again, it. it I was pointing to the fact, like what you were saying, I was saying if this guy is going to manipulate speed, he's the one committing a crime. Uh, Speeding is not a crime. You haven't harmed anyone in the process. Nobody has suffered in that. And in your case, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Nobody was harmed. Nobody was suffering in this. You were well within the law. But when these guys go and they do what they did to you and then they go behind and they're changing documents that they don't have authority to change... They're actually committing a crime against you. Now, I don't know if it is this case in Michigan, but even in this situation, the attorney said, they, they told me in South Carolina, 
if somebody perjures themselves and it costs you something out of it, you can't go back and you can't sue them over it. I'm like, what? Now, are do they have some kind of provision that they're going to point to to where you can't recoup time or anything from these guys who've who've violated the law against you? I highly doubt I'll be able to get, you know, my time. I mean, this has literally been months and months. Um, you know, as the prosecutor said to me, my file is 20 times the size of any of their other files. And I'm just irritation to them. It's like, get over yourself. If you maybe, I don't know, drop the charges because I didn't commit any crimes, your file wouldn't be so large. Amen. <laughs> but uh, so the thing is, when this trial is done, I mean, the, the worse it gets right now during the criminal phase, the worse it's going to be for them when I bring a lawsuit against them or perhaps even criminal charges because they're violating uh, 18 U.S.C. Section 2, um, 281. I can't even think of my numbers right now. They're violating criminal statutes. They're violating um, civil statutes. Um so, I mean, it, federal laws that say it's, it's, you can get, you can even get um, 10 years in prison or up to the death penalty if you have two or more people that are conspiring to deny your rights. Yep, we've, we've, exactly we've referenced what that. They did. Yep, we've referenced that as well. Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't well, mean to often, interrupt. Yeah, often the, uh, the statute that gets cited is, is not quite the right one. It's the one right next to it that people need to pay attention to. But, um, at any rate, there are laws out there, you know, especially in our state, there's laws that they are breaking the judge, the, the judges that have been involved, the prosecuting attorneys. There's been five, I think, so far. My last count, maybe there's more. Uh, the three um, deputies, even the sheriff. I literally was on the phone with the sheriff when I was still in handcuffs in the back of the deputy's car. And the sheriff tells me the same thing that the deputies told me, that the, the township clerk can essentially do whatever she wants because she has control over the property and she owns the property. The deputy literally said that the township clerk was the owner, not the agent, the owner of the property. And I'm like, I don't think you realize how this works. It's owned by we the people. So he was clueless. And it's, it's sad. It's disturbing. But it's um, unfortunately the state of where we're at. So um, I would ask people to stay tuned. And now keep in mind, I have also requested copies of the videos of each of the hearings. And so far, when the judge finally agrees to let me pay him money to get these copies, 20 per DVD, um, then because they delete the they've deleted all of my hearings the moment the hearing is over, like the second it's over, my hearings are gone. You can't go back to their YouTube channel. You can't, you know. Is they that didn't. a violation of a, of a law that you have there in the state of Michigan? Well, the fact that it's supposed to be hearings that are open to the public and he's not letting people in, that definitely violates state law. In fact, it violates a law that is so old, it predates our Constitution. It's been around since at least 1846. That would be 1846. So, I mean, the concepts of due process, how can you possibly ever get due process of any kind if you're not allowing the public into the hearing? In fact, in here in the state of Michigan, the case is being prosecuted as the people of the state of Michigan versus Catherine Henry. Well, if the people of the state of Michigan aren't even allowed in and they're not even allowed to see the videos afterwards, 
something's a little off about I that. I agree. Yep. And in fact, the judge circled on his predetermined form that, well, I was allowed to pay the money and get the copies of the video. And even though I requested to be able to share them on my YouTube channel and, and teach people about the criminal justice system uh, through the use of these videos, he specifically circled heavily the part that says that if I share the videos with anyone, I will be held in, in contempt of court by him. It, now, now, hold on. Now, see, this is stuff that I've dealt with before. And we're told when we go down here, you know, I've had to go into, into, again, traffic court there. They take our phones from us when we go in. You can't record anything. Even though people are, all kinds of people are sitting in that courtroom who can see it, who can testify to it. You can't record what's going on there. This to me seems the judge is violating. He's usurping his authority, which is to look at the law and see whether you broke it or not. And he's usurping the, the provisions that protect freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and things of this nature, and he's stepping out and saying, no, 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 you can't say this, or I'm going to give it to you. And to me, that's very tyrannical. What does he have to hide by by not letting you show this to other people and teach them what's what's wrong about what's going on in the courtroom that's in violation of the law? Exactly. Exactly. And there is zero authority for a judge to say, uh, you know, we're just going to not allow you to share the videos. We're going to take the videos down ourselves from our website or YouTube. We're going to not let people physically in the courtroom. I mean, it, they've stretched a whole bunch of things, but they don't have the authority to do that. So, um, and the thing is, no matter what a state, you know, your state, any other state, let's look at the foundations of our country. And, and I'm not going to go all, you know, like you hear people talking about the Nuremberg code or some other, let's just focus on the United States constitution. Our country was founded uh, on the basis of all of us coming together to create a community. And by creating this community, we agreed to abide by certain rules in order to have order, in order to be able to know what to expect from one another. So we put that all together in the Constitution saying, okay, well, we're going to do that. And in so doing, we need to recognize there's going to be a system of law and order. There's going to be a system of rules, but it's going to be done in a system of checks and balances. And the government, the way that we're going to keep us each in check is not going to be allowed to just have free reign. They are only allowed to do what we give them permission in the Constitution to do. So I'm sick and tired of people either calling me and asking me. I get thousands of people that still reach out and want the same general advice, right? It doesn't matter if it's a question about vaccines uh, and their employer forcing something or a store trying to make you wear a mask. Otherwise they kick you out or, you know, um, travel restrictions or whatever, right? doesn't matter what the case is keeping you from loved ones who are in nursing homes or hospitals or whatever, not allowing you to have a funeral because you're going to spread COVID. It doesn't matter the regulation. Instead of people calling me and asking me, can you tell me what statute allows me to do? Where does it say in the Constitution that I'm allowed? No, 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 no. The question should be, where in the Constitution does it allow the government to do this? Amen. Because 
if it doesn't allow them to do what they're doing, then they don't have the authority. It doesn't matter if a state law or an ordinance or a resolution or anything later on purports to give the government authority. If the Constitution does not provide that authority, then that government official or government agency has no business acting in that way, shape, or form. And we, as humans, we as the people, we don't have to look to a piece of paper or a government document to prove we have a right to do something. People often forget about the Ninth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That's right. Here in Michigan, it's Article 1, Section 23 of our state constitution. And it says that, you know, God gave us all these rights. We have all these blessings of freedom or blessings of liberty. And and what we did is we enumerated uh, in various amendments, uh, primarily with the U.S. Constitution. In our state constitution here, we start with Article 1 of our state constitution is just all about rights. So it doesn't matter what constitution you're looking at, but we, we have a way of, of itemizing. Uh, we have a Second Amendment right. You know, we have the right to free speech. We have the right to peaceably assemble, all of those things, right? Which, of course, we've seen the government's throwing those things aside with all the COVID restrictions. But at any rate, we have all these rights that are itemized. And the Ninth Amendment specifically says, but for all those unenumerated rights, not only do we still have them because, well, God gave them to us, not the government, but the government still has the job and the duty to protect those rights, That's right. even if they're not listed That's right. in the Constitution. Yeah, and how are they going to know that except they know God's law? And that's what all of this is predicated on, nature uh, upon nature and nature's God, the creation and the creation's God, and the law that he gave. I was talking with a lady uh, just today. This is... Uh, this is Monday that we're recording uh, from England. And I was surprised she's an attorney over there. And she said, this is all a violation of the oath that the people took to uphold God's law. That was the first thing she said. And then on that, on top of that was common law or under that is common law. So yeah, the people don't know God's law. They don't know that they're ministers of God and they're supposed to punish the evildoer, not the the, the person who is doing what is good. Uh, but we're almost out of time here, and I want to give you time to tell where pe- pe- people can find out about you. And you also have uh, a legal defense fund. That we, I want to give you a chance, so you got about 30 seconds to tell people where they can find about that kind of information. Yeah, so uh, without me having the ability to pull up any links, I don't know if you can share that while I'm talking. But, uh, yep, my website is RestoreFreedomKH.com. That's RestoreFreedom, K as in Catherine, H as in Henry.com. There's links at the top for donating or shopping. We By shopping, it's everything at cost. You can get the Constitution. Uh, you can get uh, Restore Freedom, um, you know, um, uh, stickers or, or magnets, um, a pop socket, uh, not a whole ton of stuff, but just enough to share the message. Uh, but there's buttons there to donate. Uh, I've been doing all this work for the whole year. Uh, so there's donation links to help our family. There's donation links for the legal work. All of it would be greatly appreciated. All right. Catherine Henry, thank you so much for your stand. Boy, we're wishing you the best. We're going to pray for you that God shows up and delivers you in this. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. See you.